You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation Units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast. Um, Mike Kenny, this is Matt Hastings. We are your hosts, and it's great to be here. It's good to be here, Mike. I can't believe we're on uh, episode two of the Warriors Ascent. Excited to be doing it. What are we going to talk about today? All right, so today we are going to expound on the concepts of the warrior archetype and warrior ethos. We teed that up in the pilot last time, but we'll go into a little bit more detail this time. So we'll start, you know, with the concept of the warrior archetype. So bottom line, the warrior archetype is a psychological construct. Um, I've heard it first from, you know, Carl Jung. He, from my understanding, broke out, I'll say, a series of 12 archetypes. We'll speak to a few, but the predominant focus is going to be on the warrior archetype, as one would expect. But bottom line, these are, you know, psychological concepts, constructs, call them personas that reside within everyone. Um, and for our purposes, we're going to talk about the warrior archetype as a means of overcoming obstacles, seeking strength, um, overcoming adversity, you know, and tapping into that warrior archetype. We'll speak later about warrior ethos, which are really the embodiment, the, the virtues, the values that are associated with that archetype, you know, so call it the, the, the manifestation of the warrior archetype. But for now, let's, let's talk about uh, the warrior archetype and, and what that means and how it's used. So yeah, I'll, I'll set the stage a little bit and then I'll defer to Matt shortly thereafter. But bottom line, the warrior archetype resides in everybody. And what we want, you know, the audience to know is that uh, in our time in the military and also with our nonprofit Warriors Ascent, where we see a lot of our warriors, our veterans, first responders, get themselves into trouble is that warrior archetype is absolutely integral and necessary for them to do their jobs. You know, more often than not, you know, facing adversity and, and doing very tough and dangerous things. And they really need to, to lean on that warrior archetype and engage with it. Um, the downside is when they bring that home with them or they bring it to certain situations where that archetype, let's be honest, quite frankly, isn't, um, isn't required you know, or isn't needed. So as we've joked, as I've joked with a lot of our participants at Warriors Ascent, particularly our veterans, you know, what I'll say to them, um, if you're going home to your wife and kids or your, you know, your family members and you're bringing the knife hand like this, all right, you need to do this and you move out and, you know, don't bring the word to every situation. You know, that's the cause of friction, you know, and, and things of that nature. 
Now, the flip side of that, and this is, I'll, I'll say, a commentary on society, is I, I think we've lost touch with the warrior archetype. I think for some, they feel it's a vestige of a bygone era, you know, a quaint anachronism that no longer has relevance today. And I would submit to everyone that that is not the case. And that's a uh, very dangerous mindset because as we've pointed out, it's the warrior archetype that allows us to persevere in the face of adversity, uh, to not shy away from obstacles you know, or conflicts where needed, but to, to actually overcome them. And if we're not prepared to do that, we're, we're not living full and fulfilling lives. That's right. So with all of that said, Matt, you know, please, you've had a long and storied career. Tell us, you know, the, uh, how the warrior archetypes helped you in your very illustrious military career. Well, yeah, you know, obviously I was in the military for 20 years and, and I had to engage the warrior, um, you know, did combat and stuff like that. And that's what I think most people think of when they say the warrior. I know that when I came to Warriors Ascent, uh, I wasn't super familiar with these archetypes and I, I kind of brought it back. I have a psychology degree, but it was from like 92. Sorry about that long time ago but i just i think i used to see people when i came back going some people either are service-oriented people or they're not and what i came out of our an understanding and looking at these archetypes and i truly understand and believe that that's the way it is it's not that there aren't or aren't some people are displaying these different archetypes all the time but my warrior you know what I had to do, and again, we talked about my position being a helicopter pilot and having, you know, a crew of four and 11 humans on board there. And in a snap of a second, it could all be gone. You know, recently, we just had a crash in uh, six of the 101st. And it was two Blackhawks and they were flying night vision goggles at night formation and they touched and nine people are dead in an instant. So it's not a mess. It's not a joke. It's gravitas we talk about. Yeah, no, same thing happened when I was a lieutenant there at the 101st. We lost you know, dudes all the time, you know, during uh, fast and, roping incidents and, and all right. sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so, and, we, and the culture there is very good to try to not, you know, repeat problems. But what it does is that warrior, you know, for me, I brought that warrior when I, in times when I wasn't sure what to do. I sometimes just puff up the chest, get a stern face and use kind of a, you know, and all of a sudden I could, people just follow me because all of a sudden they looked at me and said, that guy knows what he's doing. He looks confident. He looks, you know, it's like, I, I, sometimes I was, sometimes I was, you know, just kidding here. I was just faking it to make it. But a lot of the times the, that warrior attitude and the way we trained it in the army, which was is really smart. We always did things in repetition, 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 over and over and over and over again until these things were ingrained in you. And it's the same kind of thing. Your attitude became ingrained in you in such a way that we were kind of like rewiring our brains to be in a certain way. You know, and we were being told what kind of value systems and things. And, and we had to embrace these things in order to get through our daily grind, you know, and it didn't matter who was around us. Um, best diversity organization I've ever been into, you know, because we had a common goal, a common mission, and we were all in it together. And we all were going to hold each other's backs. And that warrior, Ken, was a role I played. I look at it and I always talk about, I wore a suit of armor and I turned into a guy that I truly wasn't to go do the things that we had to do, you know, and then, but we did them for long, long times, a deployment of 15 months playing that role. 
um, it's hard to take off, right? When we come home, at least it was for me. Well, um, you're in that role, that persona for a long time. I mean, you've got to, you've got to, I'll say, I'll say, play that role, you know, yeah. for, for a variety of reasons. No, but I mean, I know you, you probably, I'm not saying don't want to talk about it, but you're, you're a humble guy. I mean, you, you were flying an op and actually got shot in the leg, right? And then still was able to handle the aircraft and took some shrapnel. I mean, that's some, uh, yeah. I mean, that that's some stuff, man. You know, so I'm sure in that case, you know, you had some choices. You could either yeah. I mean, <laughs> go, it goes, oh my god, or, yeah. or you can tap into that inner warrior and, and say, hey, I got to do what I was trained to do. So tell us about that. Yeah, and I think that you do that. I think that um, a person may, any person may do that. You're driving along, and suddenly a, a dog rushes out, or a, a wheel falls off a car in front of you, and it's like you either are going to just do nothing and give up or you're going to give it a shot and you know make a move and go holy heck i didn't know that i was even going to do that you know it's like yeah that's because this inner thing came up and protected you it's like because you you have this capability inside you may not even know about it but if you can harness it which is what we're talking about and live in an ethos as we're going to talk down the road but um when you have this repetition, repetition, and I am the warrior, I am the warrior, I become that. It's not just anymore a role I'm playing. It's I, I now am that, and I and, uh, struggled to come out of the role. So but how it helped me in that time was I could see everything's slow motion, you know, and I was able to keep cool, and I was able to make the right moves and put the aircraft where it needed to go, and, and um, even though things were, you know, I don't know if anybody's ever been shot at, but it's something. It's something you won't forget, you know. And, and in this case, I could see the bullets because they were tracer rounds on them wearing night vision goggles. But the, that's a kind of a <laughs> – and then the smoke's in the air, and it stings your eyes, and you can smell that very acrid sm smell of the – I think it's just the tracer round, but with a zing in my leg and thinking – I'd like to say it was my butt. A uh, little bit for Forrest Gump on that, but got me right where my Kevlar seat – stopped protecting my leg and you know the the seat did well because it took a bunch of more uh, been, shot at my been, radios yeah. so i didn't yeah, have you would have been a lot worse hurt yeah i would have and so yeah. it was good and again the round was actually we found a round located in the the seat rail that makes the seat go forward and back and it was stuck in it poking out you know and it was headed right for my thigh yeah your femoral artery yeah so so could, i'm like wow because the only place the helicopter didn't have armors right exactly under my seat so it hit just right um and just right because here i'm talking about it but that kind of a thing you know you talked about when do you bring it home and I'm, you know a lot of people have experiences with this um, one of mine in particular was a coming out of a 15-month deployment you know and they kind of let you go about a week after you get home and uh, this was my first tour. And so I'm on a European vacation because I was out of Germany. And, you know, we're at a uh, Disneyland Paris. And this should be, you know, vacation of a lifetime. I got a four-year-old and, and my wife. And we're, you know, reunited on this family vacation. What a wonderful thing. And, I, you know, I'm in pure hell because all of Europe is there, too, on vacation, holiday. And... Man, it's just too many people for me. It was too many, like everybody was suspect. Everybody was after us, you know? And I just, I knew it wasn't true, but I just couldn't take it off. And I was trying really hard just to be dad, you know? Yeah. And I kept getting this, just quit being CW3 Hastings and be mad. And it's like, right, 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 right. I got this, I got this, but I didn't have it. Um, 
one particular time, you know, getting out of this park and I got, I did what I called neck steering. I would have a family member and just, and I can move them around <laughs> and I'd have my kid up on my, yeah. up on my shoulders and I'm in command of the entire scenario. Because th- these poor civilians that I love dearly have zero idea how dumb they are right now. They don't know all these people that want to kill them like I do. <laughs> they haven't seen You're the, being facetious. They haven't course, seen yes. the evil men do. This is in my mind, you know, and this was right. true for me at the time because the warriors sitting there and I look over and I see the Disney security guards. I call them Disney cops, which is not very nice, but they were, they were coming off of the dragging a man along that was wearing the traditional garb of a Muslim person. And he was screaming very loud while carrying two heavy bags. And he was screaming, Allah Akbar, as loud as he could. Yeah. Two weeks before, when somebody screamed Allah Akbar, where I was, a resounding explosion came. So the animal instincts I had, the warrior jumped up, and it screamed as loud as it could in a big, robust CW4-type voice, run! And that's when everybody looked at me like, well, who is this freak? But I didn't care because they don't know, but those things are about to blow and everybody's going to die. But me and my family are getting away. But I had to drag and it wasn't good. And it looked like I was some kind of violent, weird guy, you know, that was doing something weird to two girls. And it was actually me. And I felt like a horrible person after the end of it because nobody exploded. Thankfully. But in my mind, that scenario played out way differently, you know, and, um, that was hard to, to live down for a while, you know, and just within myself saying, geez, okay. I didn't know about the archetypes. I didn't know, but I did know I could come in and out of this, this warrant officer dude that would go fly and be tough, be crude and be this whole other guy. Right. And yeah. So that I think is an example where it gets us in trouble, but Another example of getting like out of the uniform. I mean, you know it. I've been out of uniform for about seven years now, and you know, you. I think about the same. Like, we've yeah, got same very time. same, yep. very similar career, same age. Um, you know, that's where it's hard to look around you to determine that. Like, it feels very lonely that other people don't have these values you have, or don't look at the world um, in a similar way. And so that maybe the way I'm doing things is is the abnormal. So. I don't know, that's kind of drove me into staying away from people. And I don't know. I know you didn't have that similar thing because you jumped into this organization right away and started helping people. But, you know, and I think what, what I learned here, and I just I appreciate it being put in a categorized format like these archetypes, you know, and, and it really helps my kind of analytical brain say, yeah, man. And sometimes I jump into what's called lover or sometimes, and, you know, other types and I, and I even think that it changes with my experience and changes with my age let's see you bring up some great points that's exactly it so you know one of the rubrics we use i think for is from uh, a book king world ever magician by uh, gillette and more and those four the, those are four archetypes that they'll use um and as i mentioned before i think carl young he's got 12, you know, which we're not going to go all into. Suffice it to say, you know, hey, the king you know, is very, very dominant, take charge, very um, extroverted. Warrior, same thing, right? 
um, lover, more of an empath. You know, so there are people that have certain propensities. The bottom line, what they're getting at, and then magician is your analytic. You know, somebody who thinks things through and is, and is very, you know, data-driven. Bottom line is, you know, their contention there is that people have propensities, certainly. There are some people that are more empathic. There are some people that are more, I'll say, decisive, um, extroverted, more take charge. Others, you know, ponder things endlessly. I tend to be more analytic, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, where that's useful is, yeah, yeah sure, you, you can understand where your propensities lie, you know, your personality per se. But also know that those types of, of uh, I'll say paradigms, they reside in, in everybody. And as you were beginning to point out, they're actuated at certain you know, junctures of your life. Now, granted, you can tap in the warrior where needed, but bottom line is, is there's certain, I'll say, seasons or chapters of your life where that, that propensity or that attraction or that uh, manifestation of that particular archetype is more evident. So when you're in your 20s and 30s and testosterone is high and you're, you know, CW one, two, three, four, you know, I'm an SF captain, you know, ODA commander. Yeah, the warrior is preeminent. That's just the role that you're playing. That is the point in your life. Your, I mean, your, you're 30 your years old in your prime, it. your physiology, all of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, as, as a father in my 50s, my testosterone's less, you know, even though I'm trying my, my level best to hang with the big dogs, it's hard, you know. Um, but no, now it's more with two kids, you know, two boys, more nurturing, you know. I mean, the warrior's still there. It always will be. But really, you know, the, the more important aspect or the archetype that I really have to nurture more that, you know, dare I say, is more useful, you know, is that of, you know, the empath, you know, the lover, the nurturer, whatever it might be well, to, to make sure that. I'm well, another one you talk about, Mike, and I'd like you to expound on if you would, is that uh, it's a union thing in that it's the warrior in his fullness or the enlightened warrior. Um, that's the one I think, at least in, in terminology, in the title uh, at all, I just want to be that, you know, I want to be the guy that's the enlightened warrior that knows when to bring it. And when I do bring it, I bring just the right sauce. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's not a little too spicy, not too, you know, underdone, but the right one. And that takes some time. And I don't, I don't know that I'm there yet. Um, and I think it's, you know, I talk about uh, in some other stuff I've been writing is how a warrior just needs to keep grinding. And I think this is it, you know, like what we talk about. And we grind through, you know, mindfulness and we're grinding through like yoga and meditation, whatever it takes for you. But these are, these are elements of stuff we, we discovered, or I discovered through your programs. And I've no, uh, so been very thankful for them to help me along the path of what I consider the full warrior, the warrior in his fullness. What, what, what do you see it as? So, and, and I want to say, I will attribute it to either Gillette and Moore in, the, in that book, King Warrior, Every Magician, or, or Carl Jung. But yeah, the warrior in his fullness, call it the enlightened warrior, but Bottom line, you know, the warrior that is centered, that, you know, is strong, but balanced, you know, so not somebody that's over aggressive, domineering, you know, violent, you know, to the point, you know, beyond where, what is required. Right. Um, the warrior in his face. I would say that what we often see sometimes is the perversion of the warrior, you know, and that is, you know, somebody that is hyper aggressive. 
um, way too assertive, violent, uh, resorts to violence for uh, conflict resolution when there are other, we'll say other modalities like maybe conversation or debate, you know, would be a, a better, a, uh, you know, better solution, you know, so I'll call that, you know, the, the perversion of the warrior. And absolutely, I think what we're striving for, quite frankly, is the warrior in his fullness, the enlightened warrior where we're not trying to put the warrior away and say, hey, there, there's no place for the warrior in modern society. That is not the case. You know, there most definitely is a place for the warrior in modern society. And let's be honest, our, our veterans and our first responders are at the forefront of that. So people may like to pretend that, well, now we don't need that anymore. We're in you know, such an enlightened world. Um, but the fact of the matter is there are many a person, man and woman, that need well, to, that need to right. tap into that. I was going to say that, and I know you mean that. The unique thing about a first responder police officer in our current society is that they go home at night, you know, every night. And then they go out and they see... You know, it might be a terrible normal day, but it might be a car wreck day. It might be, you know, fire or just some kind of horrible crimes and just, you know, maybe some domestics they saw. And then they have to go home. And I just think about how I struggled to take the warrior off after 15 months. And I understand that was such a condensed time. But I wonder what it's like for them to do the daily grind, come home, the daily grind, come home. I don't know if they're better set to take that suit and change into you know more of an empath at home or whatever it needs to be no oh, and that's a great point you know one of the things we'll talk about are masks and personas again i'll say loosely you know affiliated with the archetypes but you, you put on that mask or persona of the warrior in order to do your job and it's necessary um because again that's where you derive strength and decisiveness and overcoming obstacles but when you bring that home, when you can't take that mask off and that becomes your steady state or your default yeah. position for, for all facets of your life, you know, and that's some of the issues that you ran into and in, in so many of our participants, I mean, myself included, there are times when, you know, I'm like, well, that wasn't an optimal solution or that wasn't called for. Um, that I think is where our warriors get into trouble. And so there's two sides to this coin, you know, with this archetype on one hand, when you bring the warrior to every situation, even those wherein it's not warranted, people get into trouble. You know, there's yep. that friction. The flip side is, is when, and people don't embrace the warrior when, when it's needed. You know, they dismiss it as, like I said, it's, uh, you know, an anachronism. Well, hey, this isn't the feudal times. We're not dueling. You know, it's not knights and chivalry and all that stuff. So, hey, that's dead. No, it's not. You know, and it's, it's not just, and it's not vehicle. just, yeah. you know, it's not just a CW4, you know, helicopter pilot in a, in a, you know, combat theater that needs that. And we've mentioned this before, you know, it's the, it's the, you know, policeman, firefighter, it's the mother who advocates for her child and has to have those uncomfortable conversations. Um, whether it may be a coach, an administrator, whomever, yeah, and, and, and advocates for her child. I mean, that, and that takes yeah. some gumption. Um, you're tapping in your word there. And if you don't, guess what? Um, you're not having those conversations. You're not taking decisive action where it's warranted or it's needed. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Well, I can see where... Um the the negative side of the warrior gets a lot of press and 
I think we know that. And I think there's a stigma associated with going to seek help because you're worried about that very thing or that I'm going to speak for myself. I'm, you know, I was worried that it would change or I wasn't going to have the opportunities I needed. And then I realized my mental wellness was more important and I probably wasn't good at my job if I, you know, didn't get some help with, um, figuring out how to incorporate back into regular life. And I thought that was anger management. I thought it was all these issues that were wrong with me. Right. You know, in, in reality, it was just, you know, it's a personality shift. It's like rewriting your script in your head, you know, malleable synapses in there turns out that we can through sure will, you know, meditation, mindfulness, and wanting something so much we can make achieve good things i know that because you and i have both been in combat you and i have gone you've done way more crazy things to be a ranger and be in special forces and you just you know just to even try out is unbelievable so you know those are the kinds of things that if you know that about you that i'm i have that you know i don't have it today i don't think i could go run a ranger competition although it was fun to watch um <laughs> But, you know, I know I could do other things and you, know, you have the same thing. So, again, it transitions in our life, the vehicle in which the warrior comes out, I think, too. Yeah. So we'll say in, in, in closing, and there's geez, so much to talk to, just, you know, to, to speak to. Um, I'd say, you know, in, in closing, at least for this aspect, so the warrior archetype, right, which is that, uh, I'll call it that, that mental framework, that psychological construct. Um, warrior ethos are really, I'll say, the manifestation behavioral of that archetype. And we'll speak to that later. You know, so in other words, if there's this archetype that really embodies that, right, call it almost like a mental map, what does that look like? Well, hey, living the warrior ethos is the other thing we advocate. We can speak to that in, in a subsequent you know, episode. But uh, just to recap, really, I'd say the big takeaway, the message Warrior archetype, very much need in society. I mean, it's just part of the human experience, no doubt. I mean, you know, back, you know, way back when, you know, I mean, and it's, in, I'll say, encapsulated in our, you know, mythology and stories and all of it. But I think where people go awry is either A, they feel, hey, it's no longer needed or it doesn't apply to them, you know, because that's not the role they play. And certainly not always, but I would submit to you that everyone needs to tap into that here or there. As it transcends just the warrior role, it's facing adversity. But uh, number two is the perversion of it, right? Or bringing it where it's not welcome or required. And to our warriors, our veterans, and our first responders, knowing when to turn it on and off. And when you've spent a career or life in a profession that really values that, it's hard to know sometimes when, when to turn that off or when it is, I'll say, a, a suboptimal, you know, pattern of behavior or, or, or mindset. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and we've seen guys and gals run into some real problems with that. So, you know, our, our, our advice in closing would be, it, it's, it's powerful. It, uh, it helps you overcome adversity. Um, know when and where to tap into it. And, uh, you know, again, I'll, I'll say it again, it's a part of the human experience and you'd be well served to to use it when warranted and tap into it but to the converse know when to apply it because that perversion of that archetype we see that resonant in the news all the time people resorting to violence 
um, you know, Especially to resolve right conflicts, you know, people that can't debate and argue, they're shouting over one another. Right. It's just like, you know, no, there, there are, are, are better ways of resolving conflict. And that really is, to me, when the warrior is getting out of control. So That's great. All right. That's a good one, man. I, that's a good wrap for, uh, got to talk about the warrior ethos. That's just, we will. It's cliffhanger. All right. We'll see everyone next time and <laughs> next episode. We'll, we'll explicate that. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsdescent.org.